welcome to Tardisian Files, a show dedicated to reviewing and discussing aspects of one of the most loved and longest-running British sci-fi shows. This podcast is a fan-led series where we pull together sources from all across Doctor Who's extended media, including the show itself, comics, audio stories and novels. focus today will be the proposed link between the new Who creature, known as the Lazarus Beast, which was the mutated human form of Professor Richard Lazarus, and a season 15 classic Who villain from the gothic era of Doctor Who called the Fendal. This theory was proposed in the BBC books A History of the Universe in a Hundred Objects, and so most of our source material has been pulled from this account in conjunction with our usual sources, TARDIS Wiki and the BBC books 100 Scariest Monsters. Without further ado, let's get into the theory. Our story begins 12 million years ago, long before the ape-like ancestors of humanity had even evolved on Earth, the evolution of life on another planet in our solar system took a dark path. This planet, known by some accounts as Hestia, or Planet 5, was a rocky planet orbiting between Mars and Jupiter, where the asteroid belt now sits, and it had become host to a malevolent being, the Fendal. As the Hestian animal life evolved, small sea cucumber-looking beings evolved, known as Fendaline. Alongside these Fendaline were highly intelligent and psychic humanoids, known only as the Fendal Cores. These beings were psychic, and they evolved a symbiotic relationship with one another, whereby if 12 Fendaline and one core came together, and through the psychic power of the core, they could then merge into a larger, more powerful Gestalt creature, the Fendal. In my view, the Fendal retained the animalistic predatory instincts and bodily form from the Fendaline as it required their strength and predatory adaptations, but they retained the intelligence of the Fendal core. In either case, the end result of this merge was the ultimate predator. The Fendal was a being that manifested through several of these Gestalt gatherings. It was a psychomorph. In other words, a psychic vampire, and it survived by consuming the very life energy of its prey at the molecular level, very similar to the foretold mummy the Twelfth Doctor faced in Mummy on the Orient Express. Because of this, it was often described by many species as death itself. Its hunger knew no bounds, and it even began feasting off the other Fendaline and Fendal cores on the planet completely usurping the natural course of evolution and natural selection by destroying the very things it needed to reproduce and survive. Because the threat posed to the surrounding species, the early Time Lords broke their policy of non-interference and sought to remove the Fendal from history by sealing the fifth planet in a time loop and or destroying it beforehand 
possibly creating the asteroid belt in the process. They then proceeded to remove all traces of the fifth planet and the Fendal from the Matrix, causing the Fendal to pass into Time Lord mythology, becoming a scary bedtime story for their children. For 12 million years, it was believed that the Fendal were extinct, but, as fate would have it, the ultimate predator survived. Unbeknownst to the Time Lords, before they had ensnared the fifth planet in a time loop, the Fendal reduced its existence to the form of a humanoid skull, with a pentagram-shaped neural relay as part of its bone structure, within which the Fendal's essence lived on as stored psychic energy. Using this stockpile of energy, the Fendal's skull used astral projection to beam itself across space until it landed in what is now Kenya, beneath a volcano. There was also some speculation by the fourth doctor that it had landed on Mars and drained it of its life energy en route to Earth. However, the existence of the Ice Warriors and the fact that Mars's oceans had retreated billions of years prior contradicted this theory. However, once on Earth, the Fendal began to lay down the plans for its reincarnation. Slowly, it released the energy stored within its skull form as a biological transmutation field, using its power to subtly alter the evolution of the emerging simian life forms in the region, changing their DNA so they would one day evolve into something with the right genetic code, behaviour, culture, and instincts that it could use to re-manifest. The Fendal patiently waited through the millennia as the human race slowly came into being, altering certain populations' gene pools to produce family lines, each with its imprint held in the pseudogenes of their genomes. In 1977, a group of scientists led by Dr. Fendelman discovered the skull and brought it back to England, to their lab at Fetch Priory House in Fetchborough, where they aged the skull a skull that looked unmistakably like a modern human skull. And they were amazed to find that it was 12 million years old, almost three times older than any other Homo sapien fossils, predating even the oldest known ancestors of the human lineage. Unknown to the scientists, the village stood right by a time fissure, which began to reawaken and re-energised the now dormant Fendal within the skull. Through the Fendal's manipulations, one of the scientists on the team was destined to become the Fendal core, Thea Ransom. Whenever she was alone with the skull, Thea would do the Fendal's bidding. This led to the first manifestation of Fendaline, created from psychic energy and matter from the time fissure. However, these manifestations only lasted whilst Thea was in this trance state. The Fendal also ensured that a small coven of pagans living in this village had devoted themselves to the Fendal's image. Eleven of them, plus another ambitious and immoral scientist on the team, Dr. Stile, took over Fetch Priory, and once the time was right, they began a ritual using the Fendal's skull to bring the Fendal's plan to fruition. The latent genes within Thea were fully activated, and she was biologically transmutated by the skull into the Fendal core, 
the first core to have ever existed in millennia. The Fendal core began to activate the latent genes in each of the coven members, psychically immobilising them and then painfully transmutating them into new Fendali. The Fendal nearly succeeded in its plan. However, being somewhat gastropod-like in its biology cost it dearly in an old superstitious village, as it was deadly vulnerable to salt. Using this weakness, the Doctor killed the first Fendaline that Thea had created, and before he could be turned, Doctor Style shot himself. As a result, the Fendal core did not have enough Fendaline present to fully complete the ritual. It was able to merge itself and the remaining Fendaline into a partially manifested Fendal, but this weakened creature was ultimately destroyed by the Doctor, Leela, and the remaining scientist, Adam Colby, when they blew up Fetchborough Priory, destroying the Fendal completely. For good measure, the Doctor also threw the skull into a supernova, seemingly destroying it. Though this ultimately proved to be false, and another manifestation of Fendal would occur on Earth in 2015 through Gwen Cooper of the newly resurrected Torchwood Institute. However, I will let the viewers find out for the rest of the Fendal story for themselves. Getting back to the story, once the skull was removed from Earth, the Fendal's influence on humanity was believed to have finally come to an end. However, According to the theory from The History of the Universe and a Hundred Objects, its legacy may have lived on, and could have even been the source of a similar biological transmutation event that would occur decades later. In 2008, Professor Richard Lazarus of the Laz Labs organisation unveiled his life's work, a biological rejuvenation machine that worked by essentially lengthening the terminal ends of his DNA, reverting his cells back to a biologically younger state. The end result, despite apparent engineering faults in the machine, was a young Richard Lazarus, who stepped out 40 years younger than he had been when he'd entered the machine. His high-profile guests, many young, ambitious men and women, were in awe. Lazarus truly had changed what it meant to be human. The excitement, however, was cut short by a monstrous, skeletal arthropod wearing the corrupted face of Professor Lazarus and wielding a life-force-draining harpoon-like tail attached the guests, reducing several of them to mummified corpses in seconds. The monster, as many will know, was the mutated form of Richard Lazarus. By rewriting his DNA, he'd inadvertently activated a set of pseudogenes that coded for an alternative evolutionary form of humanity, the monster he'd now become. The Doctor was able to eventually defeat Lazarus by using the same technique that brought this monster into being, hypersonic sound waves which he played through a pipe organ. Though TARDIS Wiki explains the source of this mutation was left over from the Great Vampires, the history of the universe and a hundred objects proposes a different theory, that the source of the Lazarus mutation was in fact left over from the Fendal's influence. This theory is interesting 
because there are a surprising number of parallels between the Lazarus Beast and the Fen Dog. First of all, the Doctor claims that the responsible genes for Lazarus's mutation were present in all of humanity, but remained locked away in our genome, just like the Fendal's genetic code was in the Fetch Priory Coven and Thea Ransom. When activated, both the Lazarus mutation and the Fendal code would cause biological metamorphosis of its host. Additionally, both the Fendal Gestalt and the Lazarus Beast are psychophores. They consumed life energy. Fendal code and the Lazarus mutation were only activated when the host's genomes were restructured and manipulated. In the Fendal's case, this was due to biokinetic manipulation by the core, while in Lazarus's case, it was done through technological means. Both the Fendal and Lazarus are known to feed on their own kind, the Fendal consumed the Fendaline, and the Lazarus piece consumed normal humans. Both were a combination of intelligence and vicious predatory instinct. With that said, there are some notable differences between the two. The Fendal is a psychic being, with powers that seem like magic in nature. Lazarus, on the other hand, had no psychic abilities to display. The Fendal would draw life energy without physical contact, while Lazarus had to impale his victims. And ultimately, Fendal was almost slug-like in its physiology, whereas Lazarus was more like a giant scorpion. That said, the similarities between the two, and the Fendal's undeniable involvement in human evolution begs the question, was this alternate form of humanity that Lazarus had unlocked an early attempt by the Fendal in this new vessel, but ultimately it lost its battle with natural selection, causing this mutation to be locked away in the genome of early humans? Or could the Lazarus mutation only partially contain the Fendal code? Could the arthropod form be a corrupted variant of the Fendal code that would have given rise to this nightmare beast? Maybe. My conclusion is that given the Fendal's long, silent reign over humanity's evolution, it would be an enormous coincidence if the Lazarus mutation that was so strikingly similar to produce a being that occupied a similar ecological niche to the Fendal wasn't at least partially brought about by the Fendal's influence. Now, the Doctor Who theory aside, it is worth noting that both Image of the Fendal and the Lazarus experiment have many real-life facts thrown into their storylines. The Lost Fifth Planet, the homeworld of the Fendal, may have been a real planet, which theoretical physicists had dubbed Phaeton. The disruption theory suggests that Phaeton was a rocky planet that eventually was destroyed by Jupiter's gravity, resulting in the formation of the asteroid belt. Though this theory was largely disregarded, some physicists still believe it to be a credible and even likely cause of the formation of the asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter. Additionally, within the asteroid belt lies the dwarf planet Ceres, and for those in the audience who like to include the dwarf planets, I know I do, that would make Ceres the real-life fifth planet of the solar system. Richard Lazarus's rejuvenation machine had an in-episode explanation 
which links to a real-life cause of ageing. Telomeres are strands of non-coding DNA held at the terminal ends of the DNA molecules that make up the chromosomes in humans and other complex life. As part of cell growth regulation and DNA damage slash repair mechanisms, these telomeres shorten every time a cell divides and duplicates its chromosomes to produce two new cells. However, in 1986, it was discovered that these telomeres are actually linked with the physical symptoms of ageing. In the episode, the 10th Doctor and Martha analyse Lazarus's DNA, and on the graphic the computer shows them, they see that Lazarus's DNA has elongated, which many biomedical scientists are still investigating the possibility of achieving experimentally in a bid to reverse the ageing process. In both Image of the Fendal and the Lazarus experiment, the script often talks about regions of human DNA that appear to either be dormant or don't contribute anything to the cells they reside in. This was originally referred to in 1972 as junk DNA, as it seems to be randomly scattered throughout the genome rather than coding for amino acids to build proteins. However, in recent decades, it's been discovered that these non-coding regions of DNA play a role in helping chromosomes condense into a supercoiled form to fit inside cells, allowing chromosomes to attach themselves to proteins called histones, act as sites of methylation and demethylation where molecular tags are used to activate genes or deactivate genes, like an on-off switch. Additionally, in evolutionary genetics, it has been discovered that this junk DNA also contains pseudogenes, which are essentially decommissioned genes that we used to possess functioning variants of in our genome as a species, but natural selection favoured humans who had the non-functional copies of this gene, as the trait it coded for was either detrimental or unnecessary for human survival. In this episode, I use the term pseudogenes to refer to the Lazarus mutation and the Fendal code, as they have been described as genes buried in the human genome. While our pseudogenes may not contain the key to turning ourselves into life-sucking monsters, we can learn an awful lot about human evolution by speculating the kind of proteins they coded for and how they affected the humans who possessed these functional genes in the past. They're almost like a genetic time capsule for our evolution. Additionally, the concept of race memory is mentioned in passing in Image of the Fendal, described by the Doctor as a sort of genetic deja vu. This theory, which largely has been debunked by psychologists, implies that human beings essentially possess genetic memories as a species, allowing our offspring to innately know how to handle certain situations that we encountered through our evolution. Those of you who are fans of the Assassin's Creed games, you'll know that this basis essentially forms the game where the descendants of the main characters are able to re-experience their memories through use of this high-tech genetic memory machine. And it's the same principle there. And while this may not be the case in humans, it has been shown that rats that were made to, to solve puzzles manage to seemingly pass on these memories genetically to their offspring, 
by means of not removing the epigenetic tags from their DNA before producing the sex cells that would later produce their offspring. The end result of these experiments showed that the offspring of the maze rats were able to solve the mazes faster, seemingly having inherited the memory of the mazes from their parents, causing their brains to essentially form with this information pre-encoded into their navigation centres. That said, there is no concrete evidence that this phenomena happens in humans. And finally, as Image of the Fendal was part of a series of gothic stories for Classic Who, it contained various obvious pagan and satanic imagery, which I'm sure many viewers would be aware of. The number of organisms that make up the Fendal is 13. In paganism and astrology, this number is, ironically, associated with good luck and the natural order of things. The pentagram-shaped neural relay in the skull is another pagan symbol. In the story, this part of the skull was implied to be the cause of humanity's association of the pentagram with mystical and sometimes malevolent power. Indeed, it contained the malevolent power of the Fendal, whose powers were fairly mystical and magic-like in appearance, though having a scientific explanation. So, what do you think? Do you think that the Lazarus Beast was just a random offshoot of humanity, like the Doctor said? Or, do you think a history of the universe and a hundred objects was onto something? Is the Fendal Code responsible for the Lazarus mutation? You decide. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a like and share with your friends. You can also follow us on our Instagram page at Tardisian Files Podcasts or join our Reddit community Tardisian Files Podcast for regular updates about upcoming episodes. And as always, join us next time on Tardisian Files. See you then, everyone.